Hello, my zebras and spoonies. Thank you for hanging out with me today, and I am glad that you are here. When you have chronic illness, it isn't uncommon to have problems with electrolyte imbalances. Because of that, I have decided to do a series that talks about what they are, how the body uses them, and things that we can do to manage our electrolytes. For the next several weeks, I will make a post aiming for Wednesdays about one of the electrolytes. So hey, let's get into it. Potassium is a mineral that your body needs to work properly. It is a type of electrolyte. It helps your nerves to function and your muscles to contract. It helps your heartbeat stay regular. It also helps move nutrients into your cells and waste products out of cells. A diet rich in potassium helps to offset some of sodium's harmful effects on blood pressure. A normal blood result for potassium is 3.5 to 5. So it's pretty important to make sure that you are getting enough potassium. Hyperkalemia. High potassium, called hyperkalemia, is a medical problem in which you have too much potassium in your blood. This means that your blood level is greater than 5. Too much potassium in your blood can be dangerous. It can cause serious heart problems and even death. This is probably the most dangerous electrolyte to have a high level of. Most people who have hyperkalemia also have kidney disease, a disorder called Addison's disease, which can occur if your body does not make enough of certain hormones, is another common cause. Hormones are chemicals produced by different glands and organs, including the kidneys, to trigger certain responses in your body. Burns or other severe injuries can also cause hyperkalemia. This occurs because your body, in response to severe burns or injury, releases extra potassium into your blood. When diabetes is not controlled, it has a direct effect on your kidneys, which are responsible for balancing potassium in your body. Many people have few, if any, symptoms. If symptoms do appear, they're usually mild and nonspecific. This is the reason that hyperkalemia is so dangerous. Most people who have it don't realize that they're even unwell. You may feel some muscle weakness, numbness, tingling, nausea, or some other unusual vague feelings. It usually develops slowly over many weeks or months. If hyperkalemia comes on suddenly and you have very high levels of potassium, you may feel heart palpitations, shortness of breath, chest pain, nausea, or vomiting. Sudden or severe hypokalemia is life-threatening, and it really requires immediate medical care. When you have hyperkalemia, your doctor is likely to recommend a low-potassium diet and may order a medication that will help your body excrete potassium. But generally speaking, hyperkalemia is something that is treated in the hospital setting because of the potential for fatal outcomes. Hypokalemia. Low blood levels of potassium, or hypokalemia, means that your level has dropped below 3.5. Vomiting and loose stools are the most common cause for hypokalemia. It can also be caused by kidney or adrenal dysfunction. Medications such as diuretics, laxatives, asthma medications, and some types of antibiotics can also reduce your potassium levels. Having low magnesium makes it more likely that you will also have a low potassium level. 
Several syndromes can be associated with low potassium, such as Cushing syndrome, Gittel syndrome, Little syndrome, Batar syndrome, and Faconi syndrome. And I apologize, I am probably saying these syndromes improperly. Uh, women tend to get hyperkalemia more often than men, and we don't know why. Uh, hypokalemia causes weakness, fatigue, muscle cramps, twitching, constipation, arrhythmias, urinary frequency, and thirst. In severe cases, muscle weakness can lead to paralysis and possibly respiratory failure. Low potassium is associated with a risk for high blood pressure, heart disease, stroke, arthritis, cancer, digestive disorders, and infertility. For people with low potassium, doctors sometimes recommend improved diets or potassium supplements to prevent or treat some of these conditions. Potassium supplements. Potassium is an electrolyte that you should not supplement without the guidance of a doctor. Taking too much potassium can cause problems that often go unnoticed until they are severe. When supplementing with potassium, it is essential that your blood levels are regularly checked to make sure that they are not getting too high. Because of the potential danger for taking potassium supplements, the FDA limits over-the-counter potassium supplements, including multivitamin mineral pills, to less than 100 milligrams. That's like 2% of the 4.7 grams that is recommended dietary intake for your daily potassium. You'd have to take a lot of potassium supplements to get close to that amount, which is a great reason to get the nutrient from your diet. But if you require supplements to keep your levels adequate, the kind that will actually be helpful to you, you know, the 600 to 800 milligram kind, really require a prescription. That being said, there are those of us that are prescribed potassium supplements, and there are things to keep in mind when taking them that can ensure that they are better absorbed by your body. Make sure you take potassium with 8 to 10 ounces of water. Your body needs water in order to move potassium through your body. Potassium tends to be pretty rough on the gut and often causes nausea or even vomiting. To prevent this, take the supplement with a meal or just after having a meal. Um, and if you're still having nausea or vomiting when you're taking it with food, talk to your provider about getting a smaller dose that you can take more frequently as this can greatly help with the nausea and vomiting. The tablets are huge, like monster pills, and they can be really difficult to swallow. And on top of that, you shouldn't crush them without talking to your pharmacist because most types of potassium are extended release, which are unsafe to crush. And they're also unsafe to just break in half because it'll make it so that your body absorbs the potassium quickly. And having a huge spike in your potassium suddenly can cause problems, like the dangerous kind of problems that can kill you. However, potassium supplements also come as liquids, powders, or granules that you can mix into food or fluids. These forms are way easier to swallow, and they're also easier for you to spread out over the day if you need to. So if you're having a hard time swallowing the huge monster pill, or you're struggling with nausea or vomiting, consider asking your provider for one of these other formulations. Potassium and diet. Potassium is really easy to get in your diet. 
However, that means it can be difficult to avoid if your levels are high. So if you have hyperkalemia, there can be a huge benefit to seeing a dietitian and getting help in how to avoid potassium. Everyone thinks of bananas when they're talking about high potassium sources, but there are many foods that have more potassium than a banana. A banana has 422 milligrams of potassium. Here are 15 foods with more than that in just one serving. Avocados, 487 milligrams. Sweet potatoes, 541 milligrams. Spinach, 540 milligrams. Watermelon, 640 milligrams. Coconut water, 600 milligrams. White beans, which include navy beans, cannelli beans, great northern beans, or lima beans, 829 milligrams. Black beans, 611 milligrams. Edamame, 676 milligrams. Tomato paste, 486 milligrams. Butternut squash, 582 milligrams. Potatoes, 515 milligrams. Dried apricots, 488 milligrams. Beets, 518 milligrams. Pomegranates, 666 milligrams. And Swiss chard, the real powerhouse, at 961 milligrams. I'm honestly not aware of any food that has more potassium per serving than Swiss chard. So if you really need potassium in your diet, Swiss chard is a fabulous choice. But there are lots of foods that have a good amount of potassium in them. High potassium fruits include oranges, cantaloupe, honeydew, grapefruit, prunes, raisins, and dates. Veggies include broccoli, mushrooms, peas, cucumber, zucchini, pumpkin, and all of the leafy greens. For dairy products, you're looking at milk and yogurt. Um, for fish, you're looking at tuna, halibut, cod, trout, and rockfish. Salt substitutes tend to be made from a potassium. So there's something to watch out for too. They can either help you if you're low in potassium or really hurt you if you're high in potassium. A few other random things high in potassium are molasses, nuts, brown rice, bran, and whole wheat. Your PCP. Your primary care provider or PCP really will be your best ally when managing any supplement. They will be the person that will monitor your lab work. They're going to write those orders. And you need that lab work to make sure that your supplementation is meeting your goals. They're going to be the ones that will help you make sure that you're taking the right amount of the supplement. Not to mention, it is most likely going to be your PCP who is helping you manage those underlying conditions that is causing you to have to take a supplement in the first place. It is also possible that your supplements could interact with medications that you are taking. Your PCP and your pharmacist are your best allies for monitoring these possible interactions. So it is super important to keep your doctor in the loop whenever you are adding supplements of any kind into your treatment plan. Well, I hope that you found this uh, installment of our electrolyte series useful, and I hope that you have some information that can help you in the supplementation process and the modification of your diet and can help you in the conversation 
that you should be having with your PCP. So thank you for coming and hanging out with me today. I hope to see you again, and I hope that you do well until then. And I hope to see you next week when I have my next installment of the Electrolyte series. Thanks again for hanging out with me today.